Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon podcast from the First United Methodist Church of Parable. Our next scripture lesson comes from the Gospel according to Luke in chapter 1, beginning in verse 39. I invite you to hear these words of scripture. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Again, let us pray. Holy God, we do give thanks today. We give thanks for the opportunity to be together and to be in fellowship in this way. We give thanks for the words of Scripture written and recorded so many centuries ago and, set, and yet still alive by the power of your Spirit. And so we ask that that Spirit is near to us as we attend to your words so that they might shape our lives and our discipleship. This in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm curious if you could uh, ponder with me just a moment uh, where it is where you would go uh, when you find yourself in a difficult situation, when things are not going as you expected, when something perhaps, perhaps hurtful or harmful or surprising has happened, who do you turn to? For many of us, perhaps when we are in a tight spot, we turn to our home, we go home, we call our parents, we, we go back to that place of comfort and care where we were raised and cared for, and we assume even in our uh, growing up years and our older years that that's still a place for us where we will be supported. But perhaps there are some circumstances, perhaps there are some unpleasant circumstances, maybe even shameful events that make it difficult for us to call up our mom or dad to go back home. Or further, perhaps, for some of us, home is not the sort of place that provides comfort and support. And so when we find ourselves in a difficult situation, we must look elsewhere. Today, as we begin the Christmas story in earnest, we begin with Mary and Elizabeth. Just before today's reading, the parts of the story that you also know well, Mary receives a visit from an angelic messenger. She receives news that she will bear a son and bear God's son. What an astounding thing to hear. And you can imagine the fear, the anxiety, perhaps the shame that Mary felt with this news that she, a young woman, an unmarried woman, a virgin, as the scripture records, is now pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we can 
guess maybe why Mary didn't run home and tell this news to her parents, right? Mom and dad, I know I'm engaged to Joseph. The wedding's going to be soon. I'm actually pregnant already. It's God's son. It's the Holy Spirit. It's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay, They might not have responded with a lot of enthusiasm to that news. And so Luke records that as Mary is pondering these things that have been told to her by the angel, instead of going home and, and rejoicing and celebrating, she instead turns to her cousin Elizabeth. Now we also know from a little bit more into the story that Elizabeth, not only Mary, but Elizabeth too, is an unlikely mother. Mary is a young girl, a virgin not yet married. Elizabeth is an older woman. She's been married for many years, has never had a child. And we know from reading in Luke's gospel that she has now become pregnant. By God's blessing, she has prayed, kind of reminiscent of the story of Sarah or Hannah, and now she is carrying this child, and she's sort of celebrating God's care for her. And so maybe Mary knows a little bit of what's going on with Elizabeth. Elizabeth is an unlikely mother herself. Elizabeth is maybe a spiritual leader, a spiritually mature person. And so Mary, bearing the the news that she is pregnant, turns to Elizabeth perhaps seeking some comfort and some counsel and some wisdom. And so we have recorded in Luke's gospel, part of the Christmas story, this wonderfully rich and intimate moment. Two women, one later in life, unlikely pregnancy, another very young and unlikely pregnancy, cousins meeting, wondering what this is that is happening to them and with them. And so as Mary arrives, we hear today from Elizabeth Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why has this happened to me that the mother of the Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. It's a wonderfully rich scene. There are many paintings of it, many drawings. Uh, Many uh, artists have tried to capture this moment. The young Mary greeted by the older Elizabeth, both of them pregnant, perhaps touching each other's stomach, feeling the babies moving within them. Of course, I'll remind you that Elizabeth's pregnancy is is none other than John the Baptist, whom we've been reading about the last few weeks. John the Baptist, that crazy guy in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance and fire. Now this is John the Baptist, the baby in Elizabeth's tomb, throwing a little party in there, right? Kicking Elizabeth with excitement about his younger cousin that is to come, the one who will be Jesus. It's a wonderful scene, and notably, there are no men involved. Just an older woman, cousin, and a younger woman as well. Both of them unlikely to be pregnant. But this wonderful line as Mary greets Elizabeth and as Elizabeth responds, she says, Why has this happened to me that I would be greeted by the mother of my Lord? One commentary I read this week said that we might translate that more casually just to say, How lucky am I? This is Elizabeth speaking. How lucky am I that you have come to see me and tell me about this thing that has happened to you? And so this scene, this one chapter in the Christmas story, it is known as the visitation. The visitation from Mary going to be greeted and affirmed by Elizabeth. And I want to suggest to you this is a really important moment that in some ways the Christmas story kind of hinges on this moment. Mary's been given this strange news. She's probably afraid. She's scared, certainly confused. She goes looking for some affirmation and some care from this older cousin, and she receives that and more. She receives a celebration, some excitement, a witness to what God is doing in Mary. 
And so Mary can rest assured that this is from God and that it's a good thing. I want to suggest to you that in this, this kind of opening chapter to the Christmas story, that there's a little bit of a, a biblical principle at work here. On the one hand, we have Mary facing fear and anxiety, trepidation, perhaps some shame, certainly some confusion. And instead, as she shares the news of what God is doing in her, and as she shares that with someone else, that trepidation and fear are pushed aside. And instead, Mary and Elizabeth join in a moment of, of joint celebration, sort of overflowing joy, that this new thing that God is doing in Mary, it's not just a, a secret to hide, to be afraid of, it's something to affirm and to celebrate. Look at what God is doing. You are blessed. Look at what God is doing in you. How lucky am I that the mother of my Lord would come to me? So there's kind of a little principle here, right? That in our lives when we're also often faced with these sort of difficult and challenging, confusing circumstances, when we share them with the right people, sometimes that confusion is replaced with joy and celebration. Look at what God is doing in this moment. It is a busy week here at the church. Really, this past week was more busy than this coming week. Uh, we had activities at church most nearly every night, some sort of uh, opportunity for service or worship or engagement. Uh, it made for a few long days of work. Is that right, Chase? A little confession on my own part, and maybe Chase agrees with this. You know, some of those church events, they're, they're important and fun and they're spiritual, but, but for us, sometimes they're work. Is that fair to say? Chase is not sure he wants to nod along, right? <laughs> They are work, and I'll admit this week my family's schedule was busy. We had a lot of things going on outside of church, had a lot of things going on inside church, and I was not looking very enthusiastically at all of those things on my calendar. Particularly, and I'm going to confess, be very human with you today, this, this Monday evening caroling event. Miss Robin Patton had organized it, and she had done a good job. She had houses lined up and guests lined up, but we were having trouble getting a bus driver. And so Chase and I were the emergency bus drivers because our others come through. And I, I couldn't come through, and, and I was going into that with not the best spirit. There was a little bit of Ebenezer Scrooge about me, right? But I will show, share with you uh, what fun and what joy we had that evening. We went to a number of church members' homes, some that I didn't realize lived within just a few blocks of the church some who were homebound, unable to be in worship, unable to be here with us in this holy season. And tears were shed on their part, and hugs were shared, and celebration of church, and this holy season was shared. And then I, I had that lump in my own throat, and as Dr. Seuss says, that Grinch's heart grew three times, right? I turned to Chase, and I said, ah, I said, now I know why we're here. That's kind of the point of the visitation, right? That the joy of what God is doing in this season, the surprising thing that God is doing in this season, it's not meant to be kept to ourselves. It's not an embarrassing secret, but it's something to be shared and celebrated, particularly among unlikely friends and guests. Look what God is doing among us. How lucky are we? Now, as soon as Elizabeth gives Mary this vote of confidence, this affirmation, this celebration... The tone changes, and we go from Elizabeth and Mary just to, a, uh, just to a scene with Mary alone in verses 47 and in the following. Mary responds to Elizabeth's affirmation with her own song of praise. And you've heard these verses many times, perhaps. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. My soul magnifies the Lord. 
If you're looking at a Bible, you may notice that like verses 47 through 55, they're not written in paragraph form. They're written more like a psalm or a proverb. And we receive these verses from Mary to be something of a song. She's gone to Elizabeth with fear and anxiety in her heart. Elizabeth has told her that this is a good thing, that God's at work. And her response is to sing a song, my soul magnifies the Lord. And so we call this prayer, this song by Mary, the Magnificat. The Latin word there for magnify. My soul magnifies the Lord. I want to invite you to go back to maybe your high school biology class. I remember my high school biology class so well. We all took it in 10th grade. We had uh, the very tough teacher, Miss Stevenson. Uh, we knew she was tough because she had been around a long time. Her reputation preceded her. Uh, she taught my parents biology, right? And then she taught me biology, and she taught quite a few classes after me biology as well. A lot of long lectures and hard tests. Her class was not one we necessarily looked forward to, except when we got to go to the lab. And I remember those experiences so well. We got to play with different lab equipment, including the microscope. I can remember still today the, the moments, I think we, uh, we cut a leaf. We kind of sliced a leaf as best we could at an angle, and we put it under the microscope. Uh, a cork, I think we, sli we sliced a cork to look at it, and then... If I remember correctly, someone let us prick their finger, and we had a little blood on the glass, and we looked at the glass under the microscope. And even now, I can remember through that magnifying glass with the extra light, something we thought we understood, a leaf or a cork or a little bit of blood, looked totally different. Sort of amazing what all was going on there at the microscopic level. That's kind of the image that Mary offers us. My soul magnifies the Lord. In other words, this thing that is happening in her, this news that she's received from the angel that's been now affirmed by Elizabeth, this is a magnification of who God is. This is a, a clearer vision of what God is doing in the world. And so Mary responds with this wonderful song. For he is the mighty one and he has done great things. His mercy is from generation to generation. He scatters the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. The powerful he pulls down from their thrones, but he lifts up the lowly and feeds the hungry. He sends the rich away empty. He has been with his people, his servant Israel, across their ancestors from Abraham from now until forever. In just a few verses there, Mary captures kind of the Old Testament story. This is who God is at work in unlikely and surprising people, lifting up the holy, filling the hungry, and being faithful to his covenant. In those few verses, Mary magnifies God's story for us. God is good and God is true. God is faithful. And Mary kind of preaches in the vein of the Old Testament prophets, in the vein of, of John the Baptist. That despite difficult and challenging circumstances, despite an unlikely unmarried woman bearing this child, it is often the case that God chooses to work through people and through Situations just like this, God works through the lowly and lifts them up and sends the rich away, the powerful away, empty-handed. Like many of you, we have been following the news of the storms from Friday night. I shared in a church email on Friday, if you haven't seen, uh, that our United Methodist uh, disaster response groups have been at work here in Arkansas. Uh, they were able to go to uh, Monette and Leachville and Truman. Uh, the report that we hear from the district is that most of the damage in Leachville and Monette is commercial. There are more homes damaged in Truman. And so our dis disaster response teams have spent more time there uh, putting tarps on roofs and trying to get homes uh, situated so that people could return to them uh, quickly and safely. 
Of course, as we learned over Saturday and Sunday, that the most extensive damage was not in Arkansas, uh, but in our nearby states, including especially Kentucky. In my circles, in my social circles online and and through communications with others, uh, many have been sharing and lifting up the story of First United Methodist Church in Mayfield, Kentucky. And you may have seen it yourself. Uh, FUMC in Mayfield is pastored by Reverend Joey Reed. Uh, and he was on many of the national news shows Saturday and Sunday as they interviewed him in front of uh, what is now the destroyed sanctuary of First United Methodist Church. Uh, you can tell just from the pictures there that it was a, a beautiful historic sanctuary, a large structure not unlike ours, columns in front. Now the walls on the sides are caved in, the roof is gone. Uh, from one of the angles you can see the pipe organ in the back uh, breaking through some of the, the damage. It's a really terrible scene. They interviewed Reverend Reed because he actually went into the church's basement as the storm was coming to his town, and he and his wife spent their evening there uh, praying and hoping that they would survive. And so in the videos with Reverend Reed, uh, he talks about that. He talks about the terror of that evening, uh, but he also talks so faithfully uh, and so plainly and clearly and so hopefully about his church. He talks about the history that's been shared there and the, and the pain of this experience, but also talks about the hope for their future. And perhaps surprising to some of us, and it was to the one who was interviewing him, uh, they had church on Sunday morning. After their church being destroyed Friday night, they gathered on Sunday morning at a nearby congregation and had worship. And he said there in the worship service, they talked about Advent, they talked about hope, love, joy, and peace about the promises of God that are going to sustain them despite their terrible losses. It's a really beautiful moment, and I invite you to Google CBS News, Joey Reid. It won't be hard to find. It's a really beautiful moment, and it made me sort of proud of him as a fellow Methodist as he talked about, yes, it's terrible, and the losses are awful, and we're devastated, and yet God is near to us, and God is sustaining us, and God is caring for us. To hear him say that so confidently on national news. My soul magnifies the Lord. God lifts up the lowly and the downtrodden and the hungry. And despite what seems to be difficult and maybe even painful circumstances, God is at work in a unique and particular way. I'm not sure where your Christmas plans are at with your family. I shared with the 9 o'clock service that my family... I went to Hayes yesterday, Jill went to Hayes yesterday, and we had Aldi groceries delivered, right? That's about where we're at in our own organization. Things are not going so well, right? Hopefully before Christmas Eve, we'll get things together. Maybe a little bit of a chaotic week for some of you. We're getting things going again here at church compared to last year. Maybe you're having some more social events than last year, and you're probably looking forward to those gifts and meals and worship. I'm certainly looking forward to those things myself. But I take Luke's gospel, and particularly this story at the beginning, as just a a little bit of a warning that Christmas, and particularly the story of Christmas, this unlikely pregnant young girl, this unlikely pregnant older woman, that Christmas is a story about the sort of surprising things that God does to save us. The celebratory visits with unlikely friends, the, the good news that comes out of difficult circumstances, the faithful preaching of a very young person. Christmas is a reminder that God saves us in the most unlikely of ways. It's a little bit of a warning to not let your Christmas celebration become too predictable. Look for the strange things that God may be doing this week as we prepare to celebrate Christmas again. 
name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about First United Methodist Church by going to our website at www.fumcparacle.org. May God bless you this week.